the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. We invite you to join us in worship this Sunday at either the 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock service. For more information, visit our website at LargoCC.org. I've got confidence Jesus is going to see me through. No matter what the case may be, I know he's going to fix it for me. I've got confidence. Can you say that? I've got confidence. I've got confidence. If anyone in the Bible was acquainted with suffering for preaching the truth of Christ, it was the Apostle Paul. Today, Pastor Jack Morris is going to lead us in a study of Philippians chapter 1 where Paul exhorts the early church to love one another and put aside any action that might divide believers. Look at verse 6, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. This is the key verse of today's. I've just done a little review, but the review was absolutely necessary, at least it was for me. Uh, That's it. Let's read it in unison. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's today's verse. I want, to, I want to give you that verse. The Holy Spirit has spoken to my heart, and he has given it to me. Now I'm going to pass it on. Notice there are three things. Being confident... There's not a whole lot of things in this world that we're confident in, but being confident that he who began a good work, that's point one in your outline. He will carry it on to completion. That's point two in your outline. Until the day of Jesus, or the day of Christ Jesus. That's point three in your outline. Confident. I'm confident, Paul is saying, I'm confident of what God has done in you. And I'm confident in what God has done in you. I'm confident that he has saved you, forgave you, put your name in the book of life, that you're a child of God and rejoicing in the Lord. I'm I'm not guessing about my Christianity or yours or hoping that I'll go to heaven when I die. No, I'm confident that what he has done, he has done to completion and he has done it perfectly. Our Christian experience Now, last week I talked about Lydia, who was the first convert in Europe. Uh, The church at Philippi was the first church, first Christian congregation in all of Europe, and the first convert was Lydia. Do you see, we can name and number converts when they have really received Jesus. Paul went down to the river, Timothy, and they were going to pray, and there were some women washing clothes and dyeing clothes, and Paul talked to them about Jesus, and Lydia opened her heart, or the Holy Spirit actually opened her heart, which the Holy Spirit is doing today. He's opening our heart, I pray that he is, to the word of God that I'm preaching, the word of God that is written in the book of Philippians. 
This lady was a worshiper of God. She wasn't saved to the extent like you and I are because she never, never even heard the name of Jesus uh, prior to this day that Paul went by. And Paul shared that name, meaning Savior, Emmanuel, God with us. And she responded quickly uh, and accepted the Lord. And she was a person that could go back and say, I was saved on such and such a date. And she was baptized on such and such a date. Friend, you may be able to name the date you were saved. But if you can't name the date you were saved, then use your baptismal certificate and use that as your birth certificate into the kingdom of God. But everybody needs to drive a stake and say, this is when it happened. And if we can't, we can't become confident about it, maybe it didn't happen. So this would be a good time to turn to the Lord and say, come into my heart, Jesus, and forgive me and save me and make me a Christian. So confident in what he has done, I know in whom I have believed. Paul said that he is confident in what God has done. Verse 6, being confident in this. Oh, I can drive a stake and say, I, I have it in my heart. I'm confident that Christ is there. And indeed he is. And then notice, confident in what he is doing. What is God doing in your life right now? Something is going on. Everybody who is alive and breathing uh, has something that, that is happening and transparent. Notice he said in verse 6, I will carry it on what I started, Paul is saying, what God has started, God now will carry it on to completion. Meaning good times, uh, uh, times that aren't so good, uh, that are difficult, Times when there are unexpected troubles that come, God will carry it on and carry you through. You see, what God starts, God completes. God never started anything that he doesn't complete. And he started something good in you. And I hope that you are confident of what he has started. That you are absolutely confident, no doubt about it. You are a believer, a Christian. How many people today, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian, but not living for the Lord, not doing what God would have them do, not even going to the house of the Lord, but tossing around that name Christian. Paul said, I'm a Christian and I'm confident in this. And when we are truly in Christ, that confidence is there. Even in, even in the bad times, there was a, a youth group that I, over 50 years ago, I pastored a church. It was a small church, small youth group. But I see these young people coming on, and I'm so thankful. Uh, they, they used to sing a song. It seemed like it was their theme song. My God has never failed me yet. Troubles come from time to time, but that's all right. I'm not the worrying kind. Have you ever heard that one? I've got confidence Jesus is going to see me through. No matter what the case may be, I know he's going to fix it for me. You got confidence that he's going to fix it for you? Come on and build your faith up. Build your faith up. <laughs> Hear the word of God and become strong in the Lord with confidence that God is going to see you through even when those unexpected troubles come. And they come, but God is going to see you through. 
He's going to do it. You know, we, we like that scripture, Romans 8, 28. Remember, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. We, we love that one. I love that one. We all do. But when troubles come, somehow we, we seem to forget almost that all things are working together for good. It's, it's like baking a cake, and I love cake. And they're going to bake a cake. The people still bake cakes. I don't know what they buy. It's easier to buy them, though. <laughs> but when you bake a cake, my mother used to bake cakes, and then she would put in salt and put in flour, put in egg yolk. Now, each one of those taken by themselves, nasty with tasting salt, egg yolk. Who wants to eat egg yolk? In other words, who wants to have trouble? But when they all come together, she would put it in the oven and out would come a beautiful cake. Friend, have confidence in the God who loves you and gave himself for you through Jesus and trust him with all your heart. I've got confidence. God is going to see me through. No matter what the case may be, I know he's going to fix it for me. That's Romans 8, 28. All things working together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Right now, right now, this very moment, let me back away from the Bible and the, and the sermon. Right now, think about that unexpected trouble that has come or that trouble maybe... Uh, somebody else, you have had this trouble for a long time now. Now think about it. I've got confidence that God is going to see me through. I want you to even now tell the Lord, I've got confidence, God, you're going to see me through this unexpected trouble, this unexpected sickness, that unexpected uh, inflation that, is, that has depleted my funds. Uh, I've got confidence you're going to see me through. Friend, you try to see yourself through well, you know, that's not going to work. But I had confidence that you're going to see me through. I mean, we can take church and leave church. Read the Bible or not read the Bible. Uh, I mean, we're so casual, just so casual about our spirituality. God help us. And I want you right now to think about that unexpected trouble or that trouble that has been there for a while. And I want you to stop. I'm going to stop preaching right now so you can talk to God. You can talk to me. You can talk to one another. That's not going to help very much. But when you talk to the one who can fix it for you, there comes the healing. There comes the answer. There comes your victory. Do you believe what I'm saying today? What I'm telling you, is it biblical or am I just talking off the top of my head? Friend, how deep is your Christianity? How deep is mine? Come on. Right now, I'm going to take about 30 seconds, that's all, for you and me to bow our heads and tell the Lord, I've got confidence in Romans 8.28, in the God of Romans 8.28. I've got God in my life, the God that's going to bake this beautiful cake when all the ingredients come together. He's doing something very beautiful for you. Let's bow. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. Thank you for being our Father. God, we're not orphans. 
we have a father. You are our father. And we thank you in Jesus' name. You have heard our prayers. Praise God. We have a funeral coming up here Tuesday. Mrs. Ethel Lollard is talking to her on the phone, getting everything ready for the funeral. She talked about her husband, David, both of the members of this church. You will more likely hear it Tuesday when I preach to bring the eulogy. Uh, she said, David was a man of three Ps. If I can remember now. She said, he was a man of purpose. That's one P, a provider. That's another P, a protector. That's another P. You know, God is all of that and more. This is the God that we love and serve and who loves us. That hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Obviously, you know where I took that hymn from, that sermon title from. God is Our Faithfulness, written by a man by the name of Thomas Chisham. This man, let me tell you just a little bit about him. He lived in Tennessee back in the late 1800s. Uh, he was 16 years old, never finished high school, but way back in there where he lived, they didn't have school teachers, so they made him a school teacher, and he didn't even have a high school education, but he was a brilliant man. Now, this is the man that wrote, Great is Thy Faithfulness. He was a sick all his life, off and on. He would have bouts with sickness, and uh, he became a born-again Christian. He gave his heart to the Lord. Uh, he became a, an evangelist, but he had to give up the ministry because he, of poor health. He had very little money coming in. Uh, he moved to, uh, I believe it was New Jersey. He became an insurance man. And then the last few years of his life, he lived up in uh, uh, Ocean Park. I believe it was Delaware, Ocean Park. And people would, uh, there was a, a camp meeting up there every year, and he would attend it. People would see him walking the streets by himself. They would see him on a park bench by himself. And in 1960, he passed away and went to heaven. Now, this song didn't catch on until Billy Graham uh, had it in a London crusade with George Beverly Shea singing it. We like the old hymns. I, I always will like the old hymns. But this is one of the newer hymns. And then Moody Bible Institute took this song and made it their unofficial theme song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Now, many of the songs, or the hymns in particular, that, that we sing here at the church uh, <clears throat> were written out of tragedy or a, 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 a sad event or, or a happy event, but there was a traumatic something that happened that precipitated the hymn that they wrote. Charles Wesley's conversion was so real and so wonderful that he wrote the hymn, And Can It Be? And Can It Be? Remember that song? He wrote that out of a conversion experience. And then there was Horatio Safford. Uh, the saddest thing. His children were on a, on a liner going across the Atlantic, and in a terrible storm, it sank and killed all of his children. And then he wrote the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. But this hymn, 
great is thy faithfulness. There is no tragedy. There is no happy experience. There was just the everyday routine of life. This man would get ill. He'd gain a little bit of health for a while. He would get ill again. He said he never had much money because of his sickness. He couldn't even go on in the ministry because of ill health. But this is what I'm trying to say, friend. You don't have to do something great for God when something traumatic happens or even something good happens. But just in that daily routine experience, day after day after day, you can love God, praise God, write a poem, sing a hymn, be a servant. The word servant up there with Paul. Paul and Timothy, servants. Let, let's serve the Lord in the church and out of the church. I remember going down to Quito, Ecuador years ago. And uh, they have the HCJB radio. They have a hospital there. And uh, I was ministering and teaching the missionaries and the pastor of the church uh, it was time uh, for him to uh, resign and let another pastor take over and the very first Sunday the very first Sunday he was not in the pulpit he went to the nursery the pastor of that church he kept going to the church it was a wonderful church I preached in that church several times and uh, he went to the nursery he said for years I pleaded with people Come, be a Sunday school teacher. Our children need you. Won't you come? Won't you come and sing in the choir? The choir needs help. Won't you come and be a servant of the Lord? Won't, you, won't, won't somebody come and help me with the nursery? And he said, no one, very few. Certainly not enough to keep things going. Because everybody had their own agenda. Servant of the Lord, but not serving the Lord. And he said, so I became a nursery worker the Sunday after I became the pastor. I knew the man. Now, serving the Lord, not only in church work, yes, in church work, but also serving the Lord, maybe even more importantly, outside the church tomorrow when you go to work and you meet people, you're a servant of the Lord out there. Servant of the Lord. God is faithful, friends. He's going to bless you and he's going to help you. Come on, do, let, let's do something pretty, beautiful for Jesus here and out there. Let's get these kids going again. Going into the third year, I've been praying, writing letters, calling uh, on the radio, uh, making announcements, uh, doing everything I can to Keep the church together and keep it going. And because of you and your faithfulness, it's going. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise say it, it's going. it's going. Say this, it's going to be okay. <laughs> Indeed it is okay. And it's going to be okay. I've got confidence. Jesus is going to see me through. No matter what the case may be. Whether we have servants here or servants out there, I know he's going to fix it for me. I've got confidence. Can you say that? I've got confidence? I've got confidence. Now, I want to talk about the prison 10 years before he wrote Philippians. When he was put in prison in Philippi for preaching the gospel, telling people to give their hearts to the Lord, 
He cast a demon out of a slave girl who had the spirit of fortune telling. And she couldn't tell fortunes anymore. There were men who were making a lot of money off of her telling fortunes. And they couldn't make money anymore. So they had Paul arrested. They had him beaten, Paul and Silas, put in stocks in a prison on their back with lashes on their back. And at midnight, they started singing. Friend, when you can sing under those conditions, whatever condition you're under today, go ahead and start singing. <laughs> sing in your car, sing in your home. Well, they were singing. And uh, at midnight, the prisoners heard them singing. And something happened. The angel of God came down and literally shook that prison until the prison doors came off their hinges and opened up. This jailer came running in and uh, took out his sword, was going to kill himself because of what the Roman officials would do to him and his family. He couldn't even imagine what they were going to do to him, but he was so frightened. And Paul called out, don't do yourself any harm. We're all here. All the prisoners, not a one of us have escaped. And then the man called out, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your whole house. Friend, when you get saved, look out, your whole family is going to get saved. But if you're not consistent, they're not going to be consistent. I didn't get an amen on that one. <laughs> but you heard the truth. You heard the truth. You're in that house, in that home for a reason. God put you there. You have a work to do. You're a servant of the Lord, not only in the church when it's convenient, but in the home when it's convenient and not convenient. We are servants of the Lord. But there have been a number of hymns written and good things from those in prison. Uh, John Bunyan, who wrote The Pilgrim's Progress, he wrote half of that uh, book while he was in prison. He was in prison because of the preaching of the gospel. He was a nonconformist. And uh, then the Dietrich Bonhoeffer in Flossenburg Prison. Paul and Silas were in prison and God came down and shook that prison. That was, listen, that was when God shook that prison in Philippi and those hinges came off those doors. That was 2,000 years before Elvis Presley sang Jailhouse Rock. (laughs) God can do great things. (laughs) Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And then the opportunity, opposition can be opportunity. Friend, I've gone so long. There's been so much in this service today. Uh, we've gone we're going over time. But I have to stop the message now. Uh, but you have heard enough today to turn your heart toward God and to become that faithful servant of the Lord. He is with you. He loves you. No matter what the case may be, he's going to fix it for me. And then it says that in Romans, in in Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, that the day is coming when God's going to wipe away all tears from our eyes and there's going to be no more death and no more sickness. But as long as we're here, there's going to be more death and more sickness, but there's coming a time when there's going to be no more sickness and no more death and no more trouble, but not yet. 
Everything is still working together for good. Even the things that you don't think are good, look to the Lord and watch what God can do with it. Amen. We hope that today's message has been a blessing and has strengthened your faith in God. But before we go, here is Pastor Jack Morris. Thanks, Eric. One of my favorite hymns, and I think maybe yours also, Great is Thy Faithfulness. You see, God saved us, cares for us, keeps us, and will one day consummate all things by bringing us into His presence and an eternal reward. Friend, whatever's going on in your life, whatever the circumstances are, don't let those circumstances rob you of the joy of knowing and growing in Christ. God loves you. He'll be faithful to you. God bless you. I'm Pastor Jack Morris. As we conclude today's program, I want to invite you to pray for the ministry of the healing word and ask God on our behalf to bless these messages as they minister to hearts all over our nation's capital area and the world. And if the Lord lays it on your heart, would you consider partnering with Pastor Morris in financially supporting this ministry? You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on the Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.